I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Maske Nada, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betfair. Manchester City host Everton and Chelsea go to Forest. It's Friday, the 30th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Andy Brassel. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble Preview Show. Lovely to have you with us. We start with some very sad news. Um, the Brazilian legend Pelé has, of course, died at the age of 82. I'm sure all of you um, have seen this this news. Uh, very sad indeed. He had been battling colon cancer, spent Christmas in hospital, and his death was confirmed yesterday. Of course, absolute legend of the game. Some would argue the legend of, of, of the game. He's the only man to have won three World Cups in 58, 62, and 70. Um, scored a colossal amount of goals in his career. There's no doubt about that. And he made his debut for Santos at 15. He was playing for Brazil by the age of 16. Uh, he was named Athlete of the Century in, in 1999 by the uh, International Olympic Committee. And it just feels a bit strange, Luke, that he's no longer with us. It's one of those deaths, a bit like Maradona, or I'd even go as far to say, especially for us in this country, a bit like Queen Elizabeth II. When they do, you just think these people are forever and they're going to be around, you know, beyond us. Yeah, it's, um, it's very difficult with words to, to do anything more than just scratch the surface of what he achieved and what his legacy in the game is. Um, he's as part of the world as the mountains and the oceans and all the rest of it. It just feels like he's always mm. been there. So it's a very, very sad, uh, a sad day. Um, we knew it was coming uh, with the age he was and the, and the health problems he's had, but it doesn't make it any easier for, for those of us who love the game and, and love what he achieved. So yeah, deep condolences to his family and friends and, and the game has lost a, a true legend. Um, very, very sad. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and Andy, yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that's it. It's kind of like, what. It's just strange that, yeah, as I keep saying, Pele's no longer with us trying to compute that. Yeah, and as Luke was saying, he does sort of transcend all sorts of space and time, particularly within football where we're stuck in lots of modern arguments, particularly of late, about what represents the greatest of all time. I don't think you can put what Pele gave to the game in terms of raw numbers or even trophies, even despite those three World Cups or you know the fact that he predated the Champions League it, it doesn't mean anything it really doesn't mean anything because of the way he changed the game uh, in terms of the way it was played in the way that he succeeded in hugely different phases of his career in the way that he transcended football 
in all those ways it reduces all these little arguments to to, to nothing and w w when i was a kid even when maradona was in his pomp it was just one of those uh, uh, just unarguable givens that that he was the greatest ever and mm. a, a lot of people will will believe that and not unreasonably so yeah, well, if you want more chat about the great man Pele, of course, then uh, you can listen to the Football Rambles Guide to Pele wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to that right now. Uh, Luke and I, alongside Jim, chat about the man's incredible career and some of his brilliantly bizarre post-play adventures. It's out now, as I say, just below this episode in your podcast app. So, so get on that after this. Um, so, yes, a whole show dedicated to Pele because, I mean, you know, as Luke said, I mean, it could only scratch the surface, but we'll we'll give it a little scratch anyway. Um, so, yeah, there we are. Get uh, get your ears around that. Um, gentlemen, uh, back to the task in hand, uh, if we can. Premier League, Manchester City versus Everton this Saturday at 3pm. Manchester City, of course, beat Leeds 3-1 on Wednesday. Erling Haaland scored two. He became the fastest player to score 20 Premier League goals. Did it in just 14 games, seven fewer than the next quickest, which I was delighted to know is Kevin Phillips. In 1999, yeah. 2000. I thought, oh, blimey, yeah, yeah. lovely to remember that particular season of, of K-Phil. But yeah, Haaland, uh, not messing around. Uh, he also said, to watch other people score, to win games at the World Cup, kind of triggers me, kind of motivates me and irritates me. I'm more hungry and I'm more ready than ever. A truly terrifying prospect. It's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely frightening. I mean, it's, it's proper end-of-level boss stuff. <laughs> you know, and, and I think we're getting to the point now where... Um, players have seen firsthand in their own division playing against him directly what he's capable of and what he can do and, and now it's obviously interesting about how no one at all is talking about whether he can do it here or whether it's going to be an adjustment for him or whatever the guy I mean we said the word a couple of times talking about Pele but the guy almost just transcends the idea of mm. different types of style of play and different leagues doing different things and different paces of different countries and how they approach the game he's just he just straddles the entire game at the moment. Um, for me, you know, the best the best striker in the world by a reasonable distance now. And, and he could straddle it with that big gait of his as well and those legs. Exactly. And he's like the BFG, isn't yeah. he? Like, you know, I remember I remember as a kid listening, you know, reading the BFG, you know, and, and, and um hearing um hearing um <clears throat> Roald Dahl describing the BFG as having a stride the length of a tennis court. Yeah. And it's a bit I mean, it just does feel a bit like that. Mm. You just think at any point he can do he can do really anything he wants. And he put he put Lee to the sword, as did Man City, and you know you do fear for Everton, um, and also I mean Guardiola seems to be getting into the spirit as well because with that water bottle kick, yeah, to, to me, you know we've seen managers before get let emotion get the better of them, kick things around and and, and maybe do things on the in, the in the spirit and the heat at the moment that they that they. You know, sort of later regret. Like Guardiola's kind of apology for kicking the water bottle was very, very odd, yeah. very, very instant, yeah. and very, very dramatic. Like his body language is, is frightening. It was like he kicked a water bottle and woke himself up from this Jekyll and Hyde type existence and couldn't believe what had happened. Like he's standing around a crime scene, just woken up, covered in blood, thinking, What what have I done? It was it was the reaction to him doing it was even more frightening than what he did because he was like he wasn't even in control of what's happened. You remember when Jose Mourinho picked up that whole kind of almost like case of water bottles and, and chucked mm. them down at Old Trafford. I can't imagine Mourinho apologising, but not that he did that in the way of, of anybody. He but doesn't it, care, though. Mourinho no, but it was, it was like Guardiola channeled the spirit of Mourinho and that he kicked the, the bottle and then ran down the touchline like we've seen Mourinho do a couple of times in his career, vintage Mourinho. But his was an entirely different thing. Mourinho is just to like do a massively gloaty kind of celebration, whereas Guardiola is to run over and apologise and tell, no doubt tell like the Leeds bench you know I, I love water so much i love water bottles that was they're, they're my favorite bottles for, for me it's the difference between they sexy being bottles. capable <laughs> being capable of of really awful things yeah. the difference between that and like being also a genius but do you think like, he is like the bfg like if he, if he walks around and stomps on people's houses and he's like oh i'm, just, I'm sorry i'm a big friendly giant i'm not like meant to be <laughs> ruining your gardens and stuff I, I, Marcus, I think you've contained very well the, the fact that Luke has sort of 
parked his tanks on your lawn and using 80s references. I mean, I, I just want to say on behalf of all ramblers, that will not be tolerated, Luke. And let's no, no, Marcus is 90s. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're non-overlapping magisteria, Andy. Marcus is firmly in the 90s. I dip into the 80s and I allow a little dip. I dip into You're the noughties even. But You're the a 90s, welcome guest yeah. in those decades, but we know where your home is. And so yeah. there's no problem here. Yeah. Uh, tell by his tracksuit top at the moment. He's, he's pure Liam Gallagher. He always you, will you, be. You say, and, you say that. I was, I was in a pub with Marcus relatively recently oh, and he on. started explaining to some 30-somethings. Well, he didn't explain. He started talking about the Krypton factor as if they knew what it would be. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's, they should know. Andy, that's you, on them. Andy, I, I know you don't drink, but I am going to query that because I, I don't know what the Krypton factor is. So whoever it was, <laughs> it was like there was a chap who, who we all know once who came up to me and said, oh, how you doing? Last time I saw it, you, uh, you were on the London Underground and, and was chatting away. And I went, that wasn't me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> conversation <laughs> some bloke he thought was me. To take it back to the, to, to the, um, to the Guardiola thing, if you, you could, mentioned Mourinho as well. Um, to me, the way I would describe it in a language that perhaps Marcus is very, very comfortable Here with we go. is that Liam Gallagher is Jose Mourinho, right? <laughs> capable of cruelty, capable of stupid shit, capable of being brilliant, but Guardiola is Noel Gallagher. Yeah, he's, the, he's, the, he's the power behind the throne. Maybe. So, uh, and actually, it's quite, a good, it's quite a good comparison because like with yeah. Noel and Liam, it is clear that Mourinho still lives in Guardiola's head from 10 years ago. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, exactly the, right. The, the, the perfect relationship. But what, what, you, what you were saying about uh, Holland before, I, I really like the way that his, his teammates have to readjust to him. I, I mean, I still think that Manchester City are getting used to playing with Erling Holland, are, are getting used to playing with someone who is this absolute voracious pilferer of chances at every opportunity you have Grealish missing those two huge chances in the first half in front of the Copper Elland Road which is always going to get you a little bit of blowback and then when it gets into the second half he's like no I'll let Erling deal with this and he did deal with this of course the other part of the Erling Holland thing it meant I had to explain to my kids isn't that nice that he reached 20 goals in the Premier League quicker than anyone else in the place where he was born. And they're like, hang on, he could have played for England. Uh, he wouldn't start at the moment, though, you wouldn't think. But, um... Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, take a ticket and get the end of the queue, is all I'm saying. But, uh, yeah. I mean... We'll literally we'll serve you in 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. If I'm, if I'm, what, six tennis courts away from him, he'll be with me in about four <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, by the way, you mentioned Jack Grealish missing those chances. Pep quickly came to his defence, though, after Grealish received some criticism saying he's incredibly loved by everyone he's so humble and they were perfect assists for her for, for Erling I love it I love Guardiola going over the top um, there are reports around Manchester City that um, Grealish could be involved in a swap deal for Rafael Leal to Milan what do you make of that look I mean they just can we just hit reports? that with a sledgehammer as it deserves right now okay, the idea please. that that Milan who really want to keep Rafael Leal who want to give mm. him as big a deal as possible are going to avoid that by taking a Premier League player from the biggest paying club in the Premier League. That is the biggest load of nonsense I've ever heard. Right, well, 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 that's noted, Andy. Yep. We'll stick a pin in that. Uh, I, I, I would just say, you've heard of Netflix drama seri or series uh, Emily in Paris. Mm. Would you like Jackie Milan? No, yes, would, <laughs> Let's get it done. Yeah. Uh, a Francis Bourgeois kind of face cam on him. Get him in Milan. Yeah. Uh, everyone would watch it. It would be the the biggest content hit it of would. 2023. And as Netflix are looking for hits, you cannot beat that. You've got to go mm. up against Amazon Prime uh, with their with their all or nothing series. Jack in Milan, make it happen. I don't care if you place them or not. By the I way, would, just I get would, them out there. I would suggest that you've powered through series three of Emily in Paris over Christmas, and you're thinking stuff that that's uh, is that over budget is okay. It's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just I've love never him. seen a single second of it, but apparently it's great. I just love him saying. Well, I thought you said it was a catwalk. There's people walking down there. Um, but, Why is everything so old? <laughs> oh, you've got to love him. You've got to love him. Yeah. But um, this game, Marcus, yes. do you mind if I... Sorry to cut in, but do you mind if I just just, just chuck a couple of 10 pence worth about uh, Everton? I mean, if you must. We're on the I subject, prefer your Emily in Paris, Jack, but there we are. Because <laughs> they're playing... <laughs> and Everton fans aren't going to like it. No. I mean, so it's not, I'm not doing it for them. But um, I, I would say that, um, obviously, you fear for Everton here... They've lost their last three, conceding at least two in each of them. Yeah. 
the draw against Fulham way back in October. I mean, Marcus, you'll know better than me, but I'm pretty sure from memory, Pickford dug him out of a bit of a hole he there. He did. Um, and then they played a pretty strong team in the League Cup against Bournemouth and they were beaten up, weren't they, really? Mm. Uh, and, and the reason they lost against Wolves from what I saw was because they were really pushing for a win because they're at home and the crowd really kind of gets behind them and wants them to to, 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 to to dig out wins and for obvious reasons. But that Everton crowd are quite demanding and they got caught out like late on. So it was a heartbreaker for them. So Lampard's got a real big job on his hands here ahead of this game. I was interested in his comments after that game against Wolves because he said he was actually pretty frank and literally frank, obviously, <laughs> but also say, very yeah. frank as well. Because what he said was, and I do think he deserves a bit of credit for this because um, he gets a lot of stick from those of us in this parish, you aside, Marcus. But but he said, um, look, I didn't like what I saw against Bournemouth. I thought we were poor and I thought the fact that the fans booed us was fine. I think if I was in the crowd, I would have been as bad as them uh, or I would have been in there with them or whatever. He said, and I thought this was quite shrewd, actually. He said, look, against Wolves, we played okay. We were unlucky. And, mm. you know, we, we'd really tried hard. Um, we, we kind of got ourselves in position. Well, they showed ambition now, to for, go and win it as well. Exactly. And for what I saw, I thought that was fair enough. Now, Everton fans may disagree. Of course, playing against Manchester City is a completely different task. And um, this game has come along at a very, very difficult time for Lampard because he's going to be under pressure. Uh, he, he needs to avoid a big defeat yeah. here if he can. Yeah. Uh, and that team needs to dig out for him because... Um, Otherwise, I think he's going to be in big trouble. I mean, I would actually argue he's not doing a terrible job at the moment with that Wolves performance in in mind. It's just one of those things that can happen. It's just very, very difficult to sell a defeat against Wolves to anyone because they've only won, including that game, three games this season. I think the other difficult thing for Lampard is there are a couple of better options waiting in the, the wings. So what right. he does, unless he does way above par is always going to struggle to hit the spot. And we said it at the beginning when he took the Everton job. It's, it's funny how he was so sort of choosy over the jobs he was looking at when he, when he left Chelsea. And yet he's ended up taking this job where it's very difficult to make yourself look good, I think, because of the way that the club has yeah. been run over the past couple of years. I don't think at the end of this, when this does end, and presumably it will end probably before the end of this season... I still don't think we have a real handle on what sort of coach Lampard is or whether he's great or terrible. I think the truth is probably somewhere in between. But so much of what's happening at the moment, I don't think it's all down to him. I think it's a fair point, Andy. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is he's currently the bookie's favourite to get the sack next in, yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah, and you is. mentioned a couple of potentially good replacements. I assume you were talking about uh, rumoured replacements of Wayne Rooney... Or Sean Dyche. Now, I immediately think, oh, Wazza. Wazza doesn't need that. I assume he's probably having a nice time wherever he is. Oh, he looks amazing yeah. at the moment. We, we, it just, like, I, I think, I think we want to preserve him as he is. When I saw this being listed, Wayne Rooney and Sean Dyche, the, 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 uh, the, um, the news report about them as, as potential replacements for, for Lampard mm. was actually quite poorly written and made out like it was going to be both of them. And I just thought, that's so aggressive. Yeah. That's yeah. just such an aggressive <laughs> management team. No one's surviving that. Yeah. You can't have Wayne Rooney and Sean Dyche. It's, it's like the Highlander. It's, it's, one of them will end up cutting the other one's head off. Like, you can't have that. So I'm pleased it's only going to be one of them. Yeah. And I don't know what Wayne Rooney's done to deserve it. I mean, apart if you, from a pretty good egg at Derby. Yeah, yeah. you can't have to. If, you, if you're going to go. If, yeah, one has to balance the other out, and that's really not happening there. Because if you look at what happened, what's happening at Burnley with Company and Bellamy, you've got yeah. the, 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 the general hardness and, and size of Company, but he is quite a calm figure. And then you've yeah. got the, the attack dog Bellamy, but it's working wonders for Burnley in the Championship. Well, also, well, also someone just feel for how often Wayne Rooney has to go back and forward across the Atlantic. Yeah, well, there's that. There is that. Stay where you are, Wayne. Yeah, that's what I mean. He never looks, stops moving. He's, he's like a shark. <laughs> he's a massive a... bearded shark. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's clearly... You don't look that great and you're not having a good time, is what I'd say. Sean Dyche would be the type of appointment where Everton fans would just be like, what, are we ever going to move forward? Are we ever going to sort of progress? But... I, I don't see that as a fit. Andy, I'm not sure what you think, but to me that seems like a terrible fit. Um, no, probably, probably not. Yeah, okay. Well, gentlemen... Um, we move on from um, Everton, who are playing Manchester City, uh, to Manchester United, who are playing Wolves on Saturday um, at 12.30. They get uh, Saturday's action underway. Um, they beat Nottingham Forest 3-0 in the week. Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial both scoring. Um, Manchester United, they've only scored 23 goals this season. There's been fresh talk this week that they could still do with another striker, especially after missing out on Cody Gakpo. 
But with Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial scoring, Luke, does it, do you think that, that that's enough or would you expect Manchester United to pounce in the January window? I thought it looked really good against Forest. It was yeah. a really professional job and Rashford coming off the left and really impacting the game. Um, Martial getting a goal as well. Um, Casemiro is absolutely fantastic. He, I mean, He's found his stride. It's gone a little bit under the radar, I think, how, yeah. how nicely he fits in there now and how much of an upgrade he's been. Um, I, I don't really know because I don't know how much to, uh, to extrapolate out from this Cody Gakpo thing from the idea that is it just because Liverpool are really good in the transfer market in recent years and because of the Virgil van Dijk link that lots been talked about and because Liverpool are a better team at the moment that Gakpo wanted to go there. Or is it the fact that, you know, the Glazers are trying to do what they're trying to do with Man United and maybe they just don't want to outlay financially a load of you know, on, on a player because it's a bit uncertain at the moment. Um, and because it feels to me that generally speaking, and, and Andy may know better than me, in fact, you, may, you you both may do, when you see Man United trading a player for a long time, it kind of appears to normally be the fact that it will just get done because they're such a big club. Yeah. And the fact that Liverpool nipped in there, kind of came from nowhere, really. They nipped in there, got him, and then they were done. I don't know whether that's a really bad sign for Man United or not but they're certainly playing a lot better under Ten Hag yeah. and they've definitely got what I would describe as a real platform to build on now uh, and they should absolutely be looking to force their way back into the into the top four for the Champions League because you've got Newcastle who are kind of new kids on the block up there so who knows what's going to happen to them Arsenal again kind of we don't really know if they <laughs> can maintain that intensity Tottenham are having a bit of an odd time at the moment um, you know, there's there's opportunities to force your way in there, particularly given that Chelsea have also not been that consistent. So, if they can stick to that platform and and really build on it, I think they can do something. I think the one that is out there that you think United really need to go for. So many Premier League clubs have been linked with Joao Felix. United just need to go get him. He would be a game changer for them. If they get Joao Felix, I think they finish top four. But I don't believe nice. in United's ability to go and get anything done now Joao Felix did start for Atletico last night really really good all over again obviously uh, Diego Simeone getting um, prodded about him and said oh well it's not all down to me well it, well, it is all down to you because you've worn down his spirit over the last three years so it is kind of down to you um, <laughs> it's not a Disney movie no. he's got a job to do <laughs> oh, you've worn down my spirit what's he going to do go to the beach and sing I'm, a song I'm, I'm concerned about Manchester United signing Joao Felix now because you said oh if they get him he's going to do and they're top four you said that Man United might even be challenging for the league when they sign Cristiano Ronaldo and did you, I love that? You, you, love uh, that. Don't I'm pretty sure I didn't say that. that. And you are quite a prolific mincer of my words, so <laughs> uh, forgive me if I don't take you at your word. All right, okay, maybe not title, but you said definitely top yeah, four. You this said is because win I said every league for the next 10 years when Cristiano said, Ronaldo, <laughs> 36 in, year old Cristiano Ronaldo side, yeah. In yeah, truth, I'm pretty I, sure said, I said that. Yeah. I said that I'd had a bet with someone that Manchester United wouldn't finish in the top four despite them signing Ronaldo, and you had like, oh, you've lost your money there. Um, the fact is, I haven't seen that guy since, so I didn't get the tenor anyway. But... I also love how much, how, much, how I love how re how recklessly and how regularly Marcus uses this show as, a, as an axe to grind for later on. He's having an astonishing memory, or like he's written these down because it's the scores that get settled here. Oh, it's oh, unbelievable. I'm mean, all I'm all for it. It's got arms I'm, I'm, like Guy Pearce in Memento, I think. <laughs> I, exactly. I don't write anything down. I'm like JZ. It's all in my mind, but I do have yeah. a memory. But, but, but speaking of which, Luke Moore, how's your bet with Andy going on at the Alexander Mitrovic goal tally? Because he's two away from 12. <laughs> Both Andy and I said he'd get at least 12. You, how, much, uh, how much are you going to cough up? Was it 50? Well, it would be for charity, I'm sure. And I, and I would obviously place the bet with Betfair because that's the, uh, that's the, as is the custom on this show. Indeed. But I, I, I didn't... Yeah, it's, it's, it's disappointing to be so wrong so regularly. <laughs> And you'd think I would be used to it by now. Uh, I'm not really that used to it, but I mean, you, you just got to get on with it. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, the good thing is, a lot of our listeners are very, very understanding and very, very uh, kind to me. Yeah, and forgiving. Mm. So I definitely won't get 500 tweets just calling me a prick, right. uh, <laughs> which is also like the, basically you, the cherry on top. You've no idea how how prolific and proficient I am at setting up new Twitter accounts now. By the way, yeah. I know. <laughs> and the thing is, and if someone said to me, "What is the worst?" So when Mitrovic inevitably gets his 12 league goals, which he will, I think we all know. They're playing Southampton this weekend so when he gets it this weekend <laughs> we'll um, 
people will come to me and say, what's the worst thing about getting that wrong? Yeah. Is it the fact that, you know, among your peers, when you're supposed to know about football, um, you know, it's embarrassing professionally for you? Yeah. And I'll say, no, it's not. The worst thing is, forgetting at the time just quite how smug Marcus Speller can be when it's something involving Fulham. I didn't even have the bet with Marcus. I had it with Andy. But Marcus will be there, sat on my shoulder, like a little smug buffoon, just grinning in my ear. There's nothing I love more. What a Merry <laughs> yeah. Christmas, everybody. There are a few rumours going around this morning that a loan move for Alvaro Morata is being considered, which is which is very much... What, for United? They'll yep. do that one. It's They'll 20, definitely do that one. It's 2020's Manchester United, isn't it? Two goals and 26 appearances. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they had Joao Felix, they'd win the Champions League, wouldn't they, Andy? Um, <laughs> I, I think so, that's yeah, exactly maybe, what I, I said, word for word, yes. <laughs> this season, in fact. No, it would be yeah. a good sign. It'd be, it would be a good sign, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. By the way, um, gentlemen, while we're on the subject of Manchester United, I want to talk about... <laughs> I can't believe we're giving this airtime. I want to talk about <laughs> Jeff, <laughs> Shreve, really Jeff, Jeff Shreves' new book. But there is right. a reason for that, everybody. You know what we think about old Jeff. Um, an impressive career that he's had, of course. Well, he's written a book, uh, and uh, th- th- apparently he, he, there was a... Re- so he, he, there's a story about Sir Alex Ferguson in there. Uh, oh, I imagine there's several. I imagine that's what the entire <laughs> fucking book's based on. <laughs> apparently a row broke out between Ferguson and Shreves's wife after she apparently bid £17,000 for a signed Eric Cantona top at a charity auction in 2010. Ferguson jumped out of his seat shouting, what are you doing? I can get one of those every day of the week for nothing. <laughs> it's not really in the charity spirit, is it? No, which makes me think, <laughs> I, yeah, that Ferguson doesn't come away very well from that story. No, I, th- I think I think I imagine Sir mm. Alex probably contributed a huge amount to charity on that evening, but you know what those, what those events can be like. Well, and those um, books that certain people write, you know. Yeah, but it's not really in the spirit of it, is it? I mean, you do really need to. But the point is that, like, the wealthy people at these yeah. um, at these charity events, right. they are there almost expressly and specifically to give money to charity. Yeah. The Eric, the signed Eric Cantona shirt, is just there as a mm. as a conduit with which to do so, isn't it? Yeah. Well, what's the point of buying that? Don't give that. I'll get you for free. <laughs> I've got four of them at home. Yeah, that's not the point. People are starving to death. Yeah. That's one I donated. Do you know what? I'll just go and get it now. I'll grab it off of them. Yeah, that's yeah. actually mine anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Chaps, in other tall tales from Jeff's book, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting excited, he spoke about how... <laughs> Here we go. He spoke about how Kevin Keegan was visited by his dad's ghost when he was interviewing him. He's not even dead. I'm not even dead, Kevin. You just locked me in the spare room. Can you let me out? What's that banging? It's your dad. I'm in the spare room. You don't remember I was putting that picture up. The handle's come off. Why's the handle rattling? It's me, your dad. I've seen you for ages. Um, <laughs> it's been two weeks, Kevin. That's all. Oh, I paid for. No, I can't say. You that. asked me to come round. <laughs> Oh, we've, we've sold your house. <laughs> <laughs> we had a funeral for you and everything. <laughs> oh, giving all your stuff away. <laughs> Stay here with me. Oh, dear. Right. The actual story goes like this. <laughs> Shreves picks up the story. We'd set up the cameras and the lights and started the interview with Kevin, talking about how his dad, who had passed, would be so proud. The moment he mentioned his dad, all the bulbs on the lights popped. Huh. How about that? We began the interview again, with Kevin repeating the story about his dad. Again, the moment his dad was mentioned, all the lights went again. All a bit too spooky, so we moved on. Always the professional. All right, well, we're not getting anywhere with that question. It keeps breaking the equipment. Let's ask him about something else. Is it, I mean, is this, is this the uh, the most glorious moment of Jeff's, Jeff's career or the uh, over and above when he told Branislav Ivanovic that bad news live on telly once? Which is my personal highlight. Yeah, true enough. But I think it's, we can't be disrespectful to Kevin and his dad. That's no. poor by us. Yeah, of course. And, you, and, and, and I don't think the sad passing of a relative should be punctuated by uproarious laughter mm. over and over again by you, Marcus. You're supposed to be a compassionate... God-fearing man, and I think you should be thoroughly ashamed of yourself. And I am, everybody. (laughs) It's time for a break. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I am Sven Goran Eriksson and you are listening to the Football Ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble preview show, everybody. Luke Moore. Yeah, now it's time for Betfair's popular bet builder. Select from the most popular pre-made football bet builders using Betfair's handy app and you can add them to your bet slip in just one tap. Every Friday on the preview show, of course, we build our own ramble popular bet builder for a particular game happening each weekend. Today, we're looking ahead to Liverpool versus Leicester, which is tonight at 8pm, a Friday night treat for all of us, I'm sure. Andy, you're first up. Um... What is your selection? I'm going for Darwin Nunez to score at any time. That's any time during this match, not any time this season. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you're supposed to know about football. That's like expressly the reason you're here and you're picking Darwin Nunez. You cannot hit a barn door with a bazooka <laughs> to score at any time in this game. Fair enough. It's your selection. Um, next up, we asked Jim to make up the four for us uh, and he had this to say. Hello everybody, it's Jim here for this week's Betfair Bet Builder. I am going to go for Trent Alexander to assist at any time during Liverpool versus Leicester. He's an assist machine. Leicester sort of look a little bit ropey again and he's had a, essentially had a bit of a rest, hasn't he? So yeah, Trent Alexander, Arnold to assist at any time in Liverpool versus Leicester. So that's Trent Alexander-Arnold to assist any time um, from Jim. Could dovetail nicely with Darwin mm. Nunez getting a goal maybe, Andy? Do two and mm. one, you never know. Uh, Marcus, you're up third. 2-0 Liverpool as the correct first half score. That's very specific. <laughs> very specific. Um, but fair enough, Marcus, you are the oracle. So not, you'd be a fool to doubt you, particularly this time of year. Uh, and uh, my selection uh, rounds off the four. And I've gone for over three and a half goals in the game. So four goals or more in the game. So let me briefly summarise those selections. Uh, Darwin Nunez to score at any time. Trent Alexander-Arnold to assist any time. 2-0 Liverpool is a correct first half score and over three and a half goals. A £5 bet with Betfair on that popular bet builder returns £126.64. And if we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK, which as we can all agree is an excellent cause. Uh, we'll be back with another round of Betfair's uh, popular bet builder on the previous show next week. Exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. For more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. Right, gentlemen, back to the Premier League. Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest on New Year's Day, no less. Uh, love a bit of New Year's Day football. Chelsea, of course, got a routine 2-0 win over Bournemouth on Tuesday. Uh, unfortunately, Rhys James went off injured in the 53rd minute um, in his first game back, and it was the same knee he injured against Milan back in October. So it wasn't all good news for Chelsea, um, of course. So that's, a, that's a shame, Andy, because he obviously missed the World Cup with injury. He, he felt that he might have been... Um, uh, fits if you know if you know as England progressed through the tournament, but, but clearly not because he's had more time and, and there's that injury again. 
No, no, I think with a player like him, you, you can't be taking any risks because unless he's 100% athletically, you know, it's a huge part of, of what he is as a player. Obviously, he's an incredibly cultured football player, but also he's physically absolutely incredible. So you can't really have a a 90%, 95% fit Reese James out there. Um, it's a real shame. I hope it's nothing serious. There has been the suggestion that fr- from some quarters that Chelsea kind of took a flyer on him I'd really hope that's that's not the case especially with the amount of cover they they do have but just hope to see him back as as soon as possible because you know he's one of England's best players I think they have taken a flyer on him and I think based on some of the comments we saw on Instagram from his um, personal trainer who seemed very very upset with the situations that transpired it looks to me that um they don't. They they want him to play. Obviously, when he's fully fit and firing, he's one of the very best in that position in the division. No question about that. And I think he's the standout candidate to play for England there as well. Uh, I think uh, Potter, who's under pressure himself in a weird kind of way. I know it's early in his tenure, but he's a bit under pressure himself. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> means that they he needs he needs players to play. And I'm I'm not suggesting that they didn't follow advice or whatever. But I you know there's. Clearly, the idea of when you bring a player back is is subjective, and the decision is taken by a number of different people. And the player's always going to want to play. You know, I've, I've, we did an interview with Gary Lewin mm. a long time ago. Who said, you know, the amount of times players would tell me they were fine when they're not, mm. and sometimes they need to be safe from themselves a bit. And I, I echo Andy's sentiments. I hope that it's not, you know, not been irresponsible, but. I think part of it looks a little bit controversial to me. I mean, and and the fact that they're now going to lose him probably for another month or so mm. um, isn't isn't great news. I don't know what you think, Marcus. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. And and you look where Chelsea are in the league; they're eighth. You know, they need their best players. You know, they need Chelsea are a Champions League club. I mean, they're currently six points off the Champions League. Yes, they have a game in hand on on Spurs, who are in fourth. But uh, it, it doesn't look good. And as you said, for Potter, he is under pressure. There's no two ways about that. But they are apparently trying to uh, help the situation at Chelsea by bringing in Enzo Fernandez, the Argentina midfielder, of course, who impressed very much at the World Cup. They've told Benfica they'll meet the £105 million release calls. And Benfica have said publicly that they want to keep him until the end of the season. Andy, I come to you because I know you're a big fan of, of young Enzo. Do you think mm. he would improve their team? I mean, presumably he would, going on the price tag and the performances at the World Cup. Yeah, hugely. And he was one of those rare players that from pretty much the moment that he arrived in Portugal, it's clear that they wouldn't be able to keep him beyond a season and they would be making a lot of money out of him because he was so incredibly good straight away. Um, he's, he's got a huge personality um, on and off the field. The fact that we saw another side of him in the World Cup, that he played a slightly less advanced role than he does for Benfica, I think shows yeah. his, his versatility as well. He's athletic, he's brilliant on the ball, he can score goals, he can make tackles. And I think in terms of adding energy to that Chelsea midfield, and you think that Jorginho will probably be moving on in the, the near future as well, it could be a real game changer for them. And obviously Chelsea are never shy about getting stuck in when a player is out there for, for, for that kind of money but it, it will take the full clause to, to, mm-hmm. to buy him basically the situation is um, Rui Costa the president of Benfica is trying to convince Enzo to stay for the rest of the season because it has become apparent after his World Cup it's kind of out of their hands now I don't think they expected anyone to come and pay the clause in January but the sort of level of offers that have been coming in, it's become clear for like a week and a half, maybe a little bit more, that that is going to be the thing. And the only hope they have of holding on to him mm-hmm. is if the player himself says, right, I'm going to stay for the rest of the season, which I think given the level of offers that he's, he's getting, it's, it, it feels like a bit of a long shot. Yeah, I really like him. Uh, he's really good positionally, gets his head up and pick a pass. <clears throat> was absolutely crucial for Argentina. Mm was their standout midfielder in the final and the semi. And what I liked about him is that although Scaloni made tactical and shape changes in both those games and Fernandez was asked to do different roles, really, in different positions, he always stayed on the pitch. And that and that shows you what um what a you know what an important player he was for Argentina because I mean, obviously managers can make so many changes now. Um, but he was always kind of sticking around and always there I think he's an outstanding young player and someone who I'd love to see play in the Premier League chiefly because I watch it more than any other league. Uh, and I think he, I completely agree with Andy. He massively improves um, 
probably any team, mm. not maybe not any team, but most teams in the Premier League at this point. It'd be a really great addition to, to, to the division, I think. Oh, he's got a hell of a future. I mean, best young player at the World Cup and World Cup winner. It's, it's yeah, a lovely it's not a bad start. start to your career, is it? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's killing Mbappé-esque, one could say. Also, he's probably, one thing he won't have, the thing, on a serious note, the one thing he won't have had in his career so far mm-hmm. is the chance to be interviewed by Jeff Shrees post-match. So... <laughs> <laughs> That's something to look forward to for him as well, and that yeah. may well be what you know what convinces him to make the move across, you know, and convinces Jeff to to do an updated second edition of the. Listen, book. he's not sure he might want to go to Real Madrid. Send him a copy of Jeff's book. Come on, you can get in here, son, if you play your cards right. Chelsea have also agreed a deal for Molder striker David Datro Fofana, twenty uh, twenty years old, seventeen goals and six assists this season, three caps for Ivory Coast. We wish him well, but I do worry that he could spend a lot of time on loan to other clubs but you never know because this lad does look decent um, so there we are uh, Forest themselves uh, sit 19th they're just three points off Bournemouth in 14th but at the moment I don't really see Forest even picking up three points I mean they've we know they spent an awful lot of money in the summer 160 million on 23 players um, and Steve Cooper has said they won't be ashamed his words ashamed to bring in more players this January because the situation at Forest is looking pretty drastic and it reminds me of Fulham I know the comparisons have been made a fair few times but when they're just trying to throw as much players at the wall and see how many points they can make if you will um, he said we will bring some players in you say it through gritted teeth a little because everyone says oh here we go again but we can't be ashamed of that we're not we had to do what we felt was right in the summer it's <sighs> Luke where where do you go with this because how is how is this Forrest... helping them oh, yeah well I mean how would buying more players help them? I mean, where well, they had the to areas? buy players in the summer. They had to buy players in the summer because they lost so many players. Yeah. So mm. the, 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 the the situation around the summer, and I'll come on to the January thing in a minute. But mm-hmm. the summer, the, the coverage of that was a bit weird because it was. What I, are people I suggesting? Well, they, they they can't have any players then because they had loads of loans. They had loads <clears> of players <throat> that needed to move on, and they didn't think we're good enough for the division, which happens quite a lot. And every team um, brings in a lot of players in the summer, especially if you've been promoted. Definitely, and, and generally that kind of works. We've talked about that before. It's That Fulham example is used over and over again, and part of the reason it's used over and over again is because it's really one of the only examples where it didn't really work. Mm. So w- we have to understand that you know it has had success before, that kind of idea. Now, bringing a whole load of new players through in the middle of the season, I, I kind of understand Andy's question there because that suggests that maybe there's going to be more instability. But the reality is, I think, two. Of the, I, I, w- I, would say, I would say two things on this. One is... The fact that they're in 19th at this point isn't really necessarily the end of the world because they're basically four points off mid-table and it's very, very condensed down there. You've probably got six or seven teams who could be in big trouble. So, you know, you've got to fancy your chances and, and I'm sure every team will fancy their chances, but a few of them are going to get out of it by definition. The second thing is they don't score enough goals. So yeah. the only team who scored fewer than them is Wolves, who got a couple last time out, as we said in the first half, and have got a new coach. So that could change. They need to do something. Now, what that is, of course, is for larger minds than me to decide. But Andy, I would just kind of counter what you're saying and the implication by your question by saying, look, what really do you expect them to do apart from that? Well, what I expect them to have done over recent weeks, they were the team that was in most of need, need of a World Cup break because they can actually spend some time training and integrating some of those players, mm. working out what their best, not their best 11, but what their best 15, 16 mm. are. Because I totally take the point about that that Fulham um, trope that's always used. It's, it's a red herring because, they, as you say, they had to bring players in to replace the ones that left. 23 players is something different. When you have that yeah. situation, I remember Manuel Almunia once uh, talking to us in some press thing about one pre-season at Watford where he said, you had 25 new players and there were a load of blokes hanging around the training ground and you didn't even know who they were. And I think even if you've got an encyclopedic knowledge of football, which let's face it, most footballers don't, um, (laughs) Forrest are going to be in the same situation. A lot of those players are going to be in the same situation. So I I think they needed to work some stuff out. You look at the calibre of some of those players that they brought in and you think, you know, Renan Lodi, uh, Remo Freuler, for example, experienced quality players who played in the Champions League who who should be able to help you. For me, it's about piecing together what they've got with the existing talent because I think with the existing talent, they've probably got enough to, to stay up anyway. I think bringing in more players at this point muddies the waters a little bit more I don't think you can judge them on that first game against Manchester United because as you said United were really really good in that and 
you know you don't want to be throwing the baby out with the bathwater because of that so i think the last thing they need to be doing is going back to the market okay one or two players who can maybe help them of, of the greatest caliber then then great but they don't need to be going out buying six or seven or anything like that well their latest addition um is gustavo scarpa who they signed from palmeiras back in early december he did get one cap from for brazil about five years ago so uh we'll see what he could do but he was spotted skateboarding around nottingham town center a few days ago, uh, uh, later so that's you know an early christmas present maybe i don't know it's better than seeing manuel neuer skiing yeah. isn't it yeah yeah it is a bit is a bit i, I think just just finally on that i would say also i don't i think i think only chelsea have got more injuries than them at the moment as well mm. so they've got players some kind of key players who are out like Kiate being being one of the main ones i would say but maybe i'm getting a bit biased because i remember him playing really well against liverpool in that win but he seems to be an important player for them and he's out mm. um, obviously henderson couldn't play last time out because of um because of mm-hmm. the loan agreement so obviously yeah. he'll be back which is a bonus for them because i think he's a really good goalkeeper but they need to start being able to score goals um, yeah well that's so a crucial thing yeah, one of those after Forest host Chelsea on, on New Year's Day, they do play Southampton, then they've got Blackpool in the Cup, and then Wolves and Leicester and Bournemouth in the league. Well, and even if we go a bit further, then Leeds and then Fulham before they play Manchester City mid-February. So there are points to be made there. It's a key period, yeah. Points to be made, points to be gained. No, well, make your own. If you make your own, you've got a yeah. much better chance of staying up. <laughs> exactly. If you can get access to that key <laughs> pot of points that you can create yourself, uh, that really isn't... That's how Man City did it last no, season. No, it's like no. printing money, Luke. It doesn't work. It's oh, the value right? of, of the point that is important. If Forrest don't get involved some serious quantitative easing, <laughs> they're very, very likely to be relegated. It's all money heist all... these days, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. There you are, you see. Um, chaps... Tottenham Hotspur face Aston Villa on Sunday, which uh, is an interesting one. Villa um, away to Spurs, of course, after their 3-1 loss against Liverpool on Monday. Villa were all right in that game. Terrible. Uh, One big talking point among uh, the villains is uh, the future of Philippe Coutinho. Rumours had him linked with a return to Brazil, but he's come out very strongly against uh, these rumours and insists he is happy at Villa Park. Uh, he's not scored too many, just one goal um, and no assists in his last 25 matches. What do you think of old uh, Coutinho at, uh, at Aston Villa, Luke? Because when they got him on loan, he looked pretty good. And then the permanent signing, the old classic thing is, oh, yeah, you're here now um, and you're you're not going to bugger off somewhere soon. And he didn't really seem to, um, to, to settle after that. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm being too simplistic here. Andy can disavow me of these notions if necessary, but... Um... It felt a bit to me like it was, oh, come and play. Remember us being pals? Come and play. Mm. be great to have you in. Um, and now he's, I mean, respectfully, I, yeah. I, I, Gerard's at the start of his managerial career, so I don't want to be too disrespectful. But now he's basically playing for a proper, serious, experienced coach. And I, I personally am very interested in what Emery can get out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be hugely surprised if Coutinho, if he's still got the um, the will and the and the legs, to really have an effect on their season for, the, for between now and the summer. Uh, Andy knows more about him than me, so he better tell me if, if I'm wrong. Uh, but before he does that, I would just add that Emery's got a real um, feel that I think where he feels like he's got a bit of unfinished business. He wants yeah. to exercise some demons in England and he's he's won some amazing trophies. He's done some amazing things. Uh, and I think if he's given the time and Aston Villa aren't quite as much of a basket case as some people think they are, um, I think he could have some serious success. I really do. There's no reason why Villa, the size of club they are, the money they've spent, the players they've got, um, can't do better. They were definitely underperforming under the previous coach. So it's all there for him, really. And I think Coutinho's a part of that. Yeah. I, I think, think it's, it takes time, doesn't it? Uh, that's that's the thing. And I, I, I say that with both <coughs> Emery at Villa and Coutinho to a, a certain extent as well. Because I think we saw probably 20, 25 good minutes against Liverpool, you know, against one of the best teams out there. Um, yeah, they were okay where, in patches, where, weren't they? Where they showed they can do something. But they've, they've done that before. We, we know the abilities there. It, it just really underlined the fact that it's a real work in progress under Emery. As for Coutinho, I mean, I, I said it before on the show and I've said I've said it before on the show, the fact that when he, when he signed for Villa initially, I thought, well... He'll probably have enough good games for them to sign him permanently, but they probably shouldn't sign him permanently. Huh. And that that is exactly what's happened, really. The, the, the fact that, you know, when we've seen him play over the, the, the last couple of years, he's had his moments. There's no doubt about that. The ability is still there. But 
we've not seen him consistently for a very long time. So we don't really know what's left and what he's capable of on, on a regular basis, especially for a team like Villa in the, in the Premier League, where with his ability, mm-hmm. he should be expected to to carry that team. Whether Whether he's got that in him anymore, I really don't know. But his response to that saying, I'm not going anywhere, to me suggested that where else is there for him to go? The mm-hmm. fact that big money, you know, he's, he's, big he's, money. He's, he's, he's not, yeah, he's, he's on massive wages. He's not proven it on a regular basis for a really long time. Look, he's brilliant to watch at his best. I hope he does get it together. And you know, obviously, if Emery could get his best out of him, it would be an enormous asset for Villa. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, and I mean, the amount of trophies he's won through his throughout his career, Coutinho as well. You kind of think, where where would he be? As you say, where where would he go? I mean, having played for you know Barcelona, obviously Liverpool and Bayern and so on. But um, and on a slightly similar note, maybe although perhaps that even that's um, a bit generous or harsh, depending on how you look at it. Tottenham Hotspur apparently have bid thirteen million, according to reports in Spain, for Barcelona midfielder Frank Kessie. And Kessie, of course, had a good time at AC Milan, won the league there. He was in Serie A team of the year in his final season at Milan, um, but hasn't really done too much at Barcelona. Uh, if the reports are true, just obviously it hasn't happened, but, but just briefly, do you think that would be a good signing for Spurs? He'd be great for them. He, uh, you know, sometimes I think they've lacked a little bit of personality in midfield. That's why Bentancur has been such a massive hit because he's very different to some of their other midfield players. Uh, Kessier uh, was great for Milan. He was a huge factor in them winning the league. Uh, then Barcelona signed him and th- they seem to have no place for him, really. I mean, it's not that he hasn't been good. He hasn't really had the opportunity to to be good. It's, it's a complete waste of his talent, him being there at the moment. Um, obviously, the fact that Barcelona have their continuing financial issues, which um, the, the fact they didn't get through to the last 16 the Champions League has contributed to. Maybe they see they can make a quick buck out of a player that they've signed and they haven't really put any thought into mm. how they're going to use him. And, and, and so he's, he's, he's a bit wasted there. I think it could be a good thing all around. And if, if Spurs can get him for a, a reasonable fee, absolutely mm. do it. Yeah. So it seems quite a low cost for, for, for my money, but there we are. Um, mm. Luke Moore. Won't be your money on it, will it, though? You won't be spending it. It certainly won't be. Um, Depends if that quantitative easing happens or not. But uh, Emi Martinez, the man of the moment, his World Cup, and Messi's as well. But Emi Martinez is expected to return to Aston Villa after partying in Argentina. I thought to myself, will we see him again this season, um, the way he's leading the charge in, in Buenos Aires and all the rest of it. But he is apparently... Um, I wouldn't count your chickens just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, has anyone seen him? Yeah. There's <laughs> talk of it. I was talking he's going to play, but do we know? I heard he was hanging off a drone that was flying above the crowds over Buenos Aires. But I, mean, I, could, <laughs> I think I he was probably doing something else with a drone based on what he normally does with things. Uh, true enough, yeah. And, and yeah. somehow trying to mug off killing Mbappe in the process. Yeah. Um, did you see Mbappe was asked about... Uh, Emi Martinez's celebrations and he said celebrations are not my problem I don't waste my energy on such futile things I did think to myself with Emi Martinez look I understand Martinez won the gold medal and that's what he was after and he, I don't think he'll ultimately care how many Kylian Mbappe scored against him because he's got that gold medal but Mbappe did if you include the, the shot in the shootout he did put the ball past him four times so I thought maybe you shouldn't what single him out do? you could single out the French <laughs> yeah. team but yeah, yeah. Kylian it's like well you know he yeah. did get the better of you four times in personal duels I'll be honest know? with you Marcus I, I don't think he was thinking straight <laughs> <laughs> I think he's I think probably quite a lot of emotion involved are you suggesting that with Argentinian players and their passions running high that there's not much logic going on? What I, what I do like is that, um, so we're starting to see yeah. the first opening stages of the massive albatross that's going to stay around Antonio Conte's neck uh, when it comes to, and, and in, in the form of, please just let me sign every player I want all the time. <laughs> yeah. And Daniel Levy going, hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll indulge you for a bit because the fans are on my back, but at some point that's got to stop, yeah. right? And so I wonder if Conte's just fuming and fuming and fuming and Martinez could do something to push him over the edge and it could be absolutely spectacular. And that, <laughs> for no other reason than yeah. that, is, is a good reason to, watch, uh, oh, to yeah. watch that game. I thought, I thought this is a hell of a tangent, but you brought it back spectacularly. I, I don't think it was spectacular, was it? It was laboured. Oh, I kind of, it kind was, of just about got away with it, but that's okay. <laughs> it's Christmas time, Luke. There's no need to be afraid. Um, Emmy Martinez... We, Oi, we let in light and we banish shade. We do, yeah. We do. I think Emmy Martinez, I don't think he's interested in league football anymore. I think he'll turn up to Spurs... And go what what 
we're playing for points, not not the next round. He's like, I came here for a shootout. <laughs> <laughs> He's up against Larice as well, by yeah. the way. Oh yeah, of course. What? A, yeah, will the he sequel. have a little? Will he it's have it's a, kind of amazing because it's basically like the sequel that no one really wants. Or oh, you can watch them square off against each other in Spurs versus Aston Villa in the Premier League. No thanks. Yeah, I, w- I mean, he could run down the it's end. Jaws of the bit. two. It's basically Jaws two. Right, fine. We'll go with Jaws two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of Mbappe, he did score um, for PSG uh, on his uh, first game back. But Neymar also played, funnily enough. Um, and he received two yellow cars in two minutes, the second for a stupid dive, and apparently left the stadium before the end of the game. Andy, have you got more? It's very rare you see a player sent off for diving for a second yellow card and then not protest. It's just, what's the point? <laughs> he dived before point? that and didn't get booked as well. I love it. I, More I than one dive in it. the same game. What are you saying? What are you saying? Uh, it's all the race to leave the game before it's finished now as well. It seems to be like de rigueur among the top players. Yeah. Who was the... Uh, uh, Mido. He tried to do that, didn't he, Andy? But he got... Uh... Yeah, he was boxed in. His car was boxed in. I I suspect suspect Neymar did what Adel Tarat did that time and took the bus. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Full kit. Yeah. Yeah. Neymar's Or was your main pennant just leaving your car at the airport? (laughs) (laughs) Forgetting it's there. (laughs) Won't be needing this anymore. Um, (laughs) Well, I think it'll be a good game. And it'd be interesting if Spurs get a penalty... Harry Kane against Emmy Martinez. What a what a duel that would be. I'd, my money would be on Emmy Martinez. But there you go. There's, but, an, there's another reason to watch it right there. There you go. It was good. I mean, from an England point of view, it was good to see Kane scoring against Brentford, though. Get, get himself back on the wagon. Uh, impressive comeback, considering although Spurs are, are, are Spurs in a title challenge. They are. I mean, they've played one no. game more than Man's. No, okay. Yeah, have you it. seen them play? Yeah. Okay. That's the end of that chat. <laughs> <laughs> Just killed it then. Absolutely killed it. I think it's a good place to finish the show. Yeah. I think it's a very good place to finish. By the way, actually, do you know what? It is it's the Christmas perineum or merineum, as some people yeah. have been calling it, uh, which yeah. you know, more power to their elbows. Um so I just we like a quiz at Christmas, so I've got I've got a tiny bit of trivia for you chaps. It's okay. only one question, and whoever wins it gets um an imaginary chocolate bar. Okay. And and, and wait Sounds for me. Terrifying. Wait for me. Wait for me. <laughs> Wait do I, do I, if someone says to me do you want one of Marcus imaginary chocolate bars my instant answer is no I fucking don't <laughs> okay well uh, um, show at footballramble.com if you want one now uh, yeah. I've got one question and I want the quickest to the punch wins this but you've got to wait for me to finish the, the, uh, the, okay. the, the, full, the full spiel which recording artist has sold over 25 million studio albums and over 100 million singles around the globe, has well over 15 billion views on YouTube, is a winner of a Grammy, a number of MTV awards, and a whopping 35 Billboard Latin American Music Awards. Pitbull. Of course it is. Armando Christian <laughs> Perez. Is that it? A.K.A. Pitbull. <laughs> affectionately so called Mr. Started the show. Affectionately <laughs> called. the worst thing you've done. <laughs> affectionately called Mr. Worldwide by millions of us. Um, and that is it, because it may be the Christmas merineum, but it's still Friday, everybody. And <laughs> Friday, <laughs> traditions need to be kept. <laughs> He's a fireball. You're a fireball. We're all fireballs, everybody. Have a lovely old time. Happy New Year. Thanks very much for listening to the Football Rabble preview show, sponsored by Betfair, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Luke Moore, thank you. Um, can I just say, I, I expended Thank quite you. a lot of mental energy <laughs> b- building myself up for going against the trivia thing against Andy Brassel. The <laughs> head's on the block already. And that was all it was. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me <laughs> you since won. doing the football ramble. You won. Goodbye. You won. You won. Uh, he gets the imaginary chocolate bar. Andy, thank you very much. Thank you for not giving me the imaginary chocolate yeah. bar. Oh, dear. The loser gets two. I was about to say, second prize gets two. Uh, and... <laughs> And thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, Pitbull. Well done with all those awards. No doubt there's more to come. Uh, We'll see you very, very soon. Have a a lovely weekend and enjoy the football. What is happening? (laughs) The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.